everyone, and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host, Sho, and joining me tonight, we have Alex Senpai. Oh, yes, I'm the great pretender. <laughs> yes, you are the great pretender, but we have to drop the the because we're talking about just great pretender, mm. the anime. Um, which I'm pretty sure me and you really enjoyed. Mm. So this will be a treat to talk about. It is. It's going to uh, be a hell of a treat to talk about. I was talking to you before we started recording. It's like, I. it's been a while since I actually had this much fun watching an anime series, like, you know, cover to cover. Yeah, definitely. So it was uh, released on Netflix, which means they did like, 12 episodes at a time and let me tell you mm. it is a hundred percent binge worthy oh 100 uh, like it it doesn't quite have cliffhangers but it really gets you invested especially in the characters and all the stories and all the twists and turns like i really enjoyed this yes uh i was gonna say oh but about i know like how binge worthy it is like so I, I had started watching it at the end of last year, uh, around beginning of November. Um, and then at the end of November in 2020, the last nine episodes came out. Because uh, it, it was really weird because the, the series itself is divided up into cases. Um, and there's four cases. And then they released the first three cases essentially as a season one. And then season two was the final case. It was it was really weird, but anyway, yeah, I watched it um, at the end of last year, and then knowing that we were going to be recording this at the beginning of this year, I was like, you know what, what the hell, I'm going to rewatch it over the last couple of days. That's what I've been doing <laughs> before we started recording. Yeah, I rewatched the first season as well, and surprisingly, I the one con that didn't make sense to me made sense to me once I rewatched it. Mm. Um. It was like the one near the beginning, like a really small one, where uh, Edamura gives the wallet to Lauren and like switches out the wallet. I didn't really understand that at first, but then I understood it the second time. Um, and also, funnily enough, I totally forgot the twists <laughs> because there's so many twists. And I'm like, wait, how are they getting out of this? I'm like, oh, oh, that's I, that's what happened. Yeah, I mean there's that. That's so that's many, why this is like, binge worthy. That's that's the entire reason this is binge worthy because there are so many twists and turns. It is hard to keep up. Like if I had to watch this week to week, it would have been really difficult to keep up with it. Definitely, you need a really wrinkly brain to follow along. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because like I recommended this to my sister, and she watched like the first episode, and she was like, "This is so boring." Like the first five minutes is some random guy selling a a water filter to this grandma, and I'm like, "Girl, you know that was a con, right?" And she's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Girl, please." Clearly, she's not a <laughs> big brain like us. She's not. A, she's not a wrinkly brain. Brain. She's a smooth brain. <laughs> Brains come in all textures, and we have to respect everyone for it. Okay, so, um, yeah, so, um, this anime was produced by Wit Studio, surprisingly, because it doesn't really have the hallmarks of Wit Studio, 
they're known for stuff like Attack on Titan, Seraph of the End, Ancient Magus Pride, and Vinland Saga, but mostly Attack on Titan. Um, <laughs> That's certainly how they made their name. <laughs> yeah, this style is very different from uh, everything else they've done, really. Yeah, but um, especially the art style. The art style is what really... Mm-hmm looks so different than anything else they've done like you look at something like attack on titan or vinland saga or even ancient magus bride in particular um very dark color palettes very uh lots of browns lots of uh blacks lots of uh you know stuff on the darker side of the color wheel but then you look at this and it's like holy shit everything's so bright and vibrant yeah it's all it feels very artistic like something you would expect from like an art gallery, which mm. is kind of ironic because one of the cons is from an art gallery. Um, and like there's a very unique sort of shading they do where they like draw geometric shapes into how they color the scenes, like into the textures. And I really like it because it's unique. It's distinct. It's not what I usually see. And it looks it looks fun and interesting um it looks very like surreal very abstract um especially because of the color palette uh is so bright and um you know not realistic at all but like very fun and upbeat uh but i really like it it is a lot i if i were to describe it i would uh relate it to what you would expect from a hawaiian t-shirt which is weird but you know it's definitely not what you see every day yeah for sure i mean that is the best way to describe it in my mind if you you want to you know distill it down to something very simple it is like looking at a hawaiian t-shirt every time you look at these backgrounds Mm -hmm. it's also it's also um, proof that you know sometimes more isn't more sometimes less is more like there's not a whole lot of detail in these backgrounds but yet it works um I don't know. I wouldn't call it. I don't wouldn't say it's not that deep. Well, I I see what you're saying. It's like very. It's very artistic. It's not very like realistic. Yes. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of realism when you look at the backgrounds in this anime, but it still works. And like that's yeah. what I mean when I say like less is more in this case. Like it. You don't have to have these. You know, beautiful, uh, meticulously created backgrounds where you're. You know animating every single blade of grass that to make it look as realistic as possible like this just like you say it's made up of a lot of the times the backgrounds are just basic geometric shapes and it's like it looks cool yeah it it especially works because this is a show that is very like light-hearted and there's a lot of comedic moments so it doesn't so the background kind of reflects that like light-hearted like not too serious vibe of it. Yeah. Um speaking of the visuals, we can talk about the character designs which are largely like simple. They kind of remind me of what you would get from watching anime films. Like it's not too intense, but I did they were nice to look at. Yeah. They were okay. Yeah, they're definitely simplistic. I mean, there's not a whole lot of like subtle expressions like with the face. And the designs are just kind of, they almost remind me of, uh, of Code Geass in a way, because everyone's kind of tall and skinny. <laughs> it is true. They are quite skinny. They're not many bulky people. But honey, 
who can who can say no to twinks so <laughs> who can really say no to twinks <laughs> honestly that's uh that is a reason why i was interested in watching this show oh my because God. the main character was a twink you can't you can't blame me <laughs> i mean he definitely you seems like he'd be in your wheelhouse <laughs> okay um yeah uh, I think it's worth mentioning, that, though, that like mm-hmm. this is only Wit Studios' second attempt at an original anime. Like the only other original anime original that they've ever worked on was Cavanere, and I mean, we, oh, God. I know we'd like to Please. pretend that doesn't exist. I mean, let's be honest; it was essentially Wit Studio trying to cash in on the like the popularity of Attack on Titan. Honey, I hate everything about that. Please. <laughs> I don't. I just want to forget it. It's funny because when uh, it was airing, a lot of us were praising it, and then like halfway through, we're like, "What is this shit?" Yeah, I hated it from the beginning, <laughs> but everyone else learned to hate it by the end. Um, but yeah, like the fact that it's an original, um, kind of points to its strengths and its flaws. Mm. One of its strengths is like, for the most part, a lot. I find that a lot of their cons were quite consistent in the logic they used to do the cons. Um, I didn't find many holes in that, and it was really interesting to see how they did all that, and because they weren't restrained by a source material, or necessarily a time restraint, because source materials work on a weekly basis, whereas if you're original, you can come up with a concept before you begin production, I I guess, allegedly. Um, So you could more uh, thoroughly think through how... Uh, the plot is going to go and the plot seemed quite well structured for the most part um, but at the same time I had a problem with a lot of the characters which we will dive into more uh, later in this episode but that's my thought on it being original but for the most part I think it's benefited from having creative control because for the most part I did enjoy it um, it was mostly consistent in its plot. I think also, so. ha- like you say, being an anime original allows you to have an actual ending in a single season. More or less. I mean, they, I mean I we'll get to the ending. I know it's separated into there two is, seasons. There was, but... It was somewhat conclusive, but I had problems. I know. But yeah, I mean, um... my, my point is you're not, you're not hamstrung by, you know, you put a single season of an anime out there and you're like, all right, well, we have to be true to the source material, but we actually have to have an ending, so we're going to have to ham-fist this somehow. Yeah. Uh, you can t- uh, control the pacing if it's an original. Yeah. So and that, 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 was that, that was its best strength, in my opinion. The fact... You know, the, the strength of it being an anime original meant that this could be paced perfectly. And I think it was. Speaking of pacing, it was split up into two seasons. Mm. Despite it being an original net animation that was exclusively on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm not entirely sure if it was done weekly in Japan. Uh, I don't know. And if, but why would they, if it was, I don't know why they would do it weekly in Japan and not weekly outside of Japan. And at the and if it wasn't, then why did they split it into two cores? So I, I, I can answer one of those questions. Yes, it did air week to week on Japanese television. Okay. Well, fuck you. <laughs> the other the other question <laughs> I can't answer because I don't work for Netflix. 
fuck you, Netflix. <laughs> okay. Um, and it was weird, too, because I mean, it's not like it was cut directly in half, either, because the first quote-unquote season is f- the first 14 episodes, and then the second season is the last nine. I like how, like, five minutes before, I'm like, oh my god, I loved binging this, and then I'm like, five minutes after. <laughs> like, why did I'm I like, binge this? I hate not watching it weekly. <laughs> Anyways, whatever. I can't have my cake and eat it, and I'm just gonna have to deal with that. <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this was directed by Hiro Kaburagi, who also did 91 Days, mm. which is also a very heavily Western-bent story that is uh, big into crime and double-crossing, and I definitely re- recommend that show. I really liked it. Um, and you can see a similarity in this show. Um, so I definitely think... You should watch out for him because he seems to be doing some pretty good uh, work. Yeah, I mean, 91 Days is something else that you and I both really, really enjoyed when it aired. Um, mm-hmm. And it is, it is like you say, it's it's another series that's got these uh, overlapping storylines of crosses and double crosses and who's working for who. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's, and yeah. it, it is certainly in the vein of 91 Days, Great Pretender is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, why don't we talk about the music, mm-hmm. which was done by Yutaka Yamada, who also did the music for Tokyo Ghoul and Vinland Saga, um, which Tokyo Ghoul, I, we've talked about this before we started recording, but, uh, well, at least I watched Tokyo Ghoul and they had some really good tracks on it, not just the OP, which is very, uh, famous, <laughs> but the actual OST, was actually pretty good as well. I think at this point, Tokyo Ghoul's uh, OP has kind of become a meme. <laughs> as so many anime OPs become. But yeah, I, I've never actually seen Tokyo Ghoul myself, uh, but I am familiar with the music in it. Um, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And um, looking at Yamada's uh, musicography... <laughs> Discography? I would say... Sure. It's not, but they aren't discs, but whatever. <laughs> Still called a discography. Good try. If you say so. Um, yeah, I would say that The Great Pretender is probably his best work, uh, at least for me personally, because they had some really great tracks on The Great Pretender. I especially loved the ones that had English vocals on it, mm. uh, which there were a lot of them. Um but definitely had a stellar soundtrack. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I especially loved the uh, the jazz inspired OP, which I believe is titled just GP. Hmm. Um, I guess I just I fucking love jazz music, and it it fits so well with what's going on in the show. All these con men just conning each other. It's fucking great. True. It's a very Netflix OP. It is, <laughs> and it's also proved that not you know. Just because you're an anime, you don't have to have like a, a a rock op or a pop op. Like you can have just a purely instrumental op, and it can still be great. You don't have to have any lyrics in it; it can be great. It was a good op. It's just not for me. I'm just not into it. That's um, fair enough. I mean, like jazz music isn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. And the ed was. <laughs> Uh, the Great Pretender by Freddie Mercury. Yes. So, you know, can't. 
I can't. Did you not like it? <laughs> I don't like when they use, like, not original OPs and EDs. Really? I love but, it. I mean, yeah. like... I know you love I, it. I mean, I, coming from the JoJo's fan, then how could I not love it? Uh, but no, I, I loved it. I also loved all the cats in the ED, too. That was great. Um, because, like, that's also kind of a nod to Freddie Mercury, because he had, like, a bajillion cats. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah, Freddie Mercury at one point really had, like, con- I think, like, two or three dozen cats that he owned. Oh, wow. That's really interesting um yeah i was very confused about the cats and then i thought it was because the main character's mom liked cats and then i'm like sure whatever (laughs) (laughs) uh so speaking of the main character we can talk about the characters in the show which in general i really really liked that they incorporated very heavily the backstories of the characters into the plot because that's a big pitfall about these kind of shows is that they don't they forget to characterize the characters. And yeah, they forget they to develop the about, characters. Like yeah. you're introduced to these characters and then they never develop them or they only develop them, you know, very sparingly and then you get to the point where you're like, why am I caring that this is happening to this character? Exactly. So I like that they very directly tied the characters' backstories to the um the heist yeah the cons or, or cons um at the same time it did feel a little a little too um forced that so many of the cons were directly related to the characters even though i guess you know i can see why laurent wanted to involve makoto's past or edamura's past directly with the cons but i don't know why he would do that for abigail and cynthia i think they said in the show that because he that's his like bad hobby or whatever but that doesn't really make sense i don't know why he would do that i mean Um, i think part of it is because they you want to they wanted to frame lauren as like actual really good guy deep down just he has very questionable motives i guess i'm not buying it (laughs) it's just yeah um, which goes into one of my big complaints about this show is that I don't really buy the motivations for like most of the characters. Like they did a really good job of doing the backstories, but I don't see the motivations for like a majority of the cast of why they're doing these cons, why they're international swindlers, like what is driving them. I have no idea. They, I don't think they do a good enough job of explaining that. Which is unfortunate because so much of the, so much other uh, aspects of the show were done so well. So I mean, yeah. to, to a certain degree, I kind of agree with you. Although I can cer- with like a character like Abby, right? Like I can certainly mm-hmm. see the motivation for why she does what she does because she's lived a very Connie. troubled life. So why is she conning people? Why not? I mean, like seriously. Okay, so that that is not a good enough. That's not a good enough motivation for me. I need a direct motivation. A lot of these characters are like, why not? I might as well. I'm like, but I need more from you. <laughs> I mean, with her, right? So, so, and this is just for her in particular. It's established that she doesn't really have, at least until you get to the Singapore Sky Arc or through it, um, that she doesn't really have much of a motivation for really living her life because like her parents were killed. She was a child soldier for a while. Um, 
and like she wants to die so she takes on greater like more and more dangerous heists and cons to maybe she'll die in the in the course of one of these yeah she established that that was her motivation but she really doesn't act like she wants to die like (laughs) she really like she really doesn't take that crazy risks like she takes some risks but it's i think it's a really weak motivation because she doesn't i don't feel like she acts like that at all and like wanting to die is also why do you have to be a swindler to do that you could be like anything else and i don't even know why laurent directly recruited her like what special apparently her special talent is that she is a good fighter well yeah that's that's very well established she's like a good she's she's really good at you know holding her own in a fight um which i assume would probably be useful to a group of con con men and women i guess so but i don't like that there's like no specific reason why Lawrence specifically chose her out of like everybody else yeah i will say i will say of, of all the people that are recruited into his little group she probably has she probably has the reason for being recruited making me question it the most and like if her specialty is being a fighter she doesn't really use her specialty that much in the cons Hmm. like she never like shakes down the people or as like when they're in a tight spot she's the one that like kung fu's her way out of that yeah i mean she's She's good she's good at getting away she's good at using her physical abilities to get away from you know and get out of sticky situations I know, but a lot of the other people are also true. really good. She doesn't shine. I don't know what she... <laughs> she has no specialty. Everyone else is also a good fighter. Her motivation is very vague. I don't... I'm not a fan. <laughs> uh, I, I would say, I would definitely agree with you that her reason for being recruited is probably the most vague, for sure. Uh, so... Anyway, were you? We were, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to move on oh, okay. to, <laughs> to uh, the main character, mm. Makoto Edamame Edamura. Ed- Edamame. I love Edamame that nickname, by an, the way. Edamame is an appropriate nickname because he's definitely a snack. <laughs> <laughs> um, So he has like an interesting characterization, like his history with his father before we realize who his father really is Mm. like what he thinks his father is it kind of he's so he's like a wish-washy kind of character where he wants to be an upright citizen because his father taught him about morals but also he's kind of been put in a shitty spot in life because you know his father was charged with child trafficking so he's put in a lot of situations where he's given opportunities to become a swindler. So he's like, I want to live a good life, but also it's very convenient for me to swindle, but also I want to live a good life, but also I swindle. It's like, "Mm." and it does seem like every time that he tries to live like a straight life, he gets put in a situation where it's like, all right, well you got to swindle people now. Yeah, like, I'm just, 
it just doesn't make for a character that I can root for because he just doesn't pick a side. He just is like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. He just doesn't choose what kind of person he wants to be. He's he's out for himself like a con man. I his his moral code is very like it's very gray, which is I think is something yeah. you can say about pretty much every character in this show. They're they're more at well except for maybe a few who are just generally bad people. Um a lot of the characters that you know get introduced have very gray moralities like they'll do some good things but then they'll also do some bad things and some of the bad things they do can actually be justified mhm i guess that- that's definitely a a theme that's that's through the whole show where it's like good and bad things are like intertwined together. Yeah. I mean, that's um, the, one of the great things about this show to me is what made it so fun to watch is just how like, there's no real hero in this show. Like all these characters are kind of messed up in their own way. Yeah. It's interesting um, that like the premise of the whole show is like conning villainous people, mm-hmm. which does that make it right? Or is it still bad? Yeah, I mean that's kind of that's a good philosophical question. It's a good basis for a story like this because if you're doing something bad but it leads to something good, does that negate the fact that you did something bad? Well, Edamura definitely contemplates that and at points in the show like comes to a conclusion that it is still bad, which I would agree with him like it's okay. It, <laughs> not only is, do I think that no matter who you con, it's still a bad thing. But also, a lot of the people that they're conning are not necessarily that bad. Like, okay, Kasano, yes, he's a bad guy because he, like, fucks people over with drugs. But the Ibrahim brothers, they fix air races? Mm. Honey, that's a... Like, that's not as bad of a crime. Like, well, it is also it is vi- it's also sort of implied that the older brother might uh did a little kids. Really? When? How? When he says that twenty is too old. I mean, I didn't. Con- I mean, you could still have that opinion and diddle legal women. Uh, true. <laughs> true. I mean, there are options there, but I mean. I kind of took that as like, okay, he might he might stick his pickle inside like 15, 14, 13-year-old girls too. I mean, that's a possibility, but that wasn't explicitly stated. Mm. Um, I did like how Cynthia responded to that. Though. That was funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> and like, and like uh, who's the other guy? Coleman. All he did was like make fake art. Yeah, he made counterfeit art. Which I'm like, okay, a lot of these things are victimless crimes. They're not that bad. I mean, it's not a victimless crime, but the people that these people are, like people like the Ibrahim brothers or Coleman are swindling money out of are rich people anyway. Oh, I guess they're saying like it's all right to take their money because their money was made in the in a illegitimate way. Yeah. I guess that would make sense. Yeah. Um, but like from a moral standpoint, there's no I don't think there's a moral justification to like punish them for the most part because most of their crimes are not like 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 
big crimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people would say though, um, the the last case think that they work on with the human trafficking, oh, for like sure. that's definitely everyone would probably think that that's bad and that deserves to be punished. But yeah, a lot oh, of these things sure. like okay, you're, if you're just stealing people's money back, I mean, okay. That's great. I will say it does speak to the the morals of all these people that they will refuse to kill for all this stuff. Yeah. So that does give them a bit of like leeway and like their kind of moral in that way. But you look at someone nice. like I do. But you look at someone like Cassano, mm-hmm. right? I don't think he would shy away from killing someone if he needed to. He he's definitely killed people. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying though. Like if it came down uh-huh. to it, he would definitely pull the trigger. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, that definitely made me like the characters more mm-hmm. that they didn't kill people. Um, but yeah, I also the thing about the whole child trafficking, like a not a lot of shows don't get that dark, so it is kind of refreshing to see that they would do, or they would feature very serious, you know, activities. Like they directly said that they were making heroin. You know, there's child trafficking. There is, uh, I think, like, in the first episode, you see, like, some naked lady, like, dead from an overdose. Pretty much, yeah. So. It's definitely an implied overdose, if nothing else. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's something you don't see a lot in anime. And definitely the fact that they premiered it on Netflix allowed them to feature these kind of serious themes. So that's um, a bit refreshing to see these kind of stories be told in the anime medium. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely the the Kasano and the child trafficking was 100% like they were shitty people and they deserved to... They deserved their fate, basically. ...as much as possible, which kind of sucked because I kind of really liked the old lady. What was her name again? uh akemi suzaku the like the japanese leader mm. of the of the like of the, the, the drug cartel or the human the trafficking cartel. ring human trafficking cartel <laughs> um she was like oh i'm just like a, a little grandma who's like has some like pretty little uh mascara you know and i have my little <laughs> baby and edam- a mame and we're gonna have coffee together and we're gonna live a cute life in my villa and i'm like oh my god this is so cute but at the same time you traffic children what is wrong with you it's also like the two the two biggest crimes that are mentioned in this show are things that are kind of relevant to you know now what's things that are going on around the world now so i mean not only is it i i would hesitate to use the word refreshing like you did. It's it's nice to see them take this many risks, I guess I should say, with the story. Um, mm-hmm. It's also topical. And they even, like, with Abby, they directly... Uh, they mentioned the Iraq War. ...referenced the Iraq invasion uh, by America, which was really... it was It was, like, you don't see that a lot in... Uh, anime where they directly reference world events. Yeah, I mean, they're, they are so, directly referencing real world events, and some of them are quite recent. Yeah, so that's... Um, it's Yeah, it's definitely not refreshing, Yeah, but it's good to see. I didn't want I people to think, it. oh, yes, tr- human trafficking. <laughs> Come here, baby. No. <laughs> it's... It's... It's a... It's different, and... It's more mature. 
Yes. And that's I Definitely. I think that's what, what we you and I are really appreciate about it is that it is a mature story. It's not nothing is really toned down that much. I mean, yeah, there's some comedic parts that are kind of anime-ish, mm-hmm. but the story itself is not toned down that much. Yeah, the parts that directly relate to like the really serious crimes like um well, quote-unquote crimes because I'm also include including the uh, Iraq invasion in this uh, reference, like the Iraq invasion, and now run a list. Thanks, child trafficking, <laughs> whatever, but whatever, <laughs> child trafficking, and like um, drug overdosing, like those th- those major crimes are treated very seriously with mm. the uh, not respect, but like with the sensitivity that those kind of things require despite this being like a very lighthearted show they were able to switch into being serious at the appropriate times at the appropriate levels so i think that they incorporated these elements really well i and i Um, i think that's down mostly to how well the show is written especially with Mm -hmm. the dialogue so speaking of the grandma akemi (laughs) suzaku This one, like, really major problem I had <laughs> was that, like, near the end of the show, in the second season, where Edamura, like, allegedly guns down Abby and Cynthia mm. and his dad, and then just, like, has a breakdown. Um, So he believes that he shot those people, and he believes that the con is over, but he still stays with the child trafficking ring. Like, what is happening? Like, I can't respect you if you're going to seriously traffic children. But did he? <gasps> How do you know mm-hmm. he wasn't just uh, acting? That it, That is a possibility. But I believe Lawrence said that he didn't tell um, Edamura. He didn't let him in that this was all fake. I mean that that's also something that plays into a lot of these cons that Edamura isn't given the entire details of what's going to go on and that makes his responses or you know his reactions to what's going on so much more genuine because he doesn't mm-hmm. realize until after it's over that it was all set up to be this way. Mm-hmm. Which and they they actually reference that specifically it's like you're so good at doing this like we don't tell you all of it. Yeah. Like they didn't explicitly clarify whether edamura knew or didn't know that this whole thing was a con Mm. and that makes me uncomfortable because i cannot respect you as a character if you're going to seriously traffic children and maybe that's kind Uh, of the point that you're not supposed to be comfortable as a person watching this no but i want to respect the twin (laughs) you just you just want to see like fucking lewd art of him Listen, they gave a lot of service of Edamura. The amount of times that he was in his underwear, <laughs> honey, I can't count with both my hands. <laughs> um, it sounds like you're only counting with one hand right now. Uh, oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> so the other major characters were Cynthia. Cynthia! Which, oh, yeah. They, I love how they pronounce her name. <laughs> um... Which we had the whole backstory with her old boyfriend, which was, you know, I liked all the backstories. All the backstories were super interesting and um, definitely riveting to watch. 
Yeah, uh, I, but like I don't. I, I also liked how they, when they started doing the flashbacks, when they were talking about the backstories, like there was a like the first time it happened, I, I it took me aback because I'm like, wait a minute, is this happening right now? It's like, oh no, this is a flashback. And then I liked oh, yeah, how totally. I liked how they they kind of interwove the flashbacks into the telling of the story that was actually yeah, going I was on. especially. Mm-hmm. I was especially confused with Cynthia because she looks the same, mm. <laughs> but uh, I definitely liked how they oh, incorporated the flash. I almost forgot this. I-, I wanted to talk about this earlier. I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, so uh, something else that this thing did, and I I I 100% credit the people who came up with this idea because this is how you should do it. I mean, in this story, there are people speaking multiple languages, right? Mm-hmm. But it's heavily implied that when the con artists are speaking to each other, they're speaking English to each other. But mm-hmm. they're speaking Japanese. Yes. And I like how they did it because in the very first episode, there's an enormous chunk of it where the Japanese actors or voice actors playing these roles are speaking English. And then it gets yeah. to a point where it's, it, there's actually something that comes up on the screen and says everything from this point forward is in English or I, I assume if you were watching this in Japan, it would say Japanese. Um, and so I thought that was, that was, that's great because you don't have to sit there and have people, you know, who English probably isn't a language that they actually speak, speaking this heavily accented English and they're struggling with it and no one's going to buy it. Right. So just speak mm-hmm. the language that they do and make, you know, assume that your audience is going to be smart enough to figure that out. Cause I actually mm-hmm. equate this, to something that happened in um in the movie Star Trek 6 The Undiscovered Country they do something very similar so there's a um there's a trial scene that happens in that movie where everyone's speaking Klingon and like for the first 2 or 3 minutes of that scene like that's all you hear and it's not even really it's it's being translated but you actually hear it being translated by like a court translator um to the people that are on trial and only after about two or three minutes of that, then everyone starts speaking English. And it, it's because it assumes that your audience is going to be smart, smart enough to figure out, oh, we're just doing this to help you, the audience member. Yeah. There's a lot of anime that just do that without, like, starting off in English. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're supposed to realize that they're speaking English because this is set in England yeah. or wherever, an English-speaking country. And then a lot of people are like, that doesn't make sense. Why is this being Japanese? But yeah. Whatever. But then I, to the flip side of that is like a show like, um, oh, what's that show about terrorism that everyone makes fun of? Um, Terror and Resonance. Terror and Resonance? Yes. Yeah. Where uh, like these people are supposed to be working for the CIA and they can barely speak English because they're forcing these voice actors who cannot speak English to speak English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like... In this show, when Cynthia spoke English, I felt like it was like really uh, well pronounced, but I felt like it was a different voice actress. It it may have been. It may have been someone who had was English may not have been their native language, but maybe a second language and they were fluent in it. And they just happened to sound like the voice actor. Mm -hmm. I also found it funny that like a lot of the French was better pronounced than the English. <laughs> and also, like, when they're in China, they're speaking Mandarin. 
that was cool too yeah i'm not i couldn't tell you if that was pronounced well or not but it, i i i just i'm not gonna even try i can't tell <laughs> I just, I just thought really that was can. something that was really great that they did that. And it, it definitely, it, it's one of the better ways to handle something like this, where obviously your characters are supposed to be speaking a language other than the language the audience for the audience of which it's intended. But mm-hmm. you just kind of have to suspend disbelief. It's like um, yeah. in... Um, well, in 91 days, like it takes place in America in the in, during Prohibition, but they're all speaking Japanese. So you have to suspend disbelief. It's like, oh, they're actually speaking English. Yeah, um, they definitely, although obviously they didn't do the whole show in English, mm. they definitely tried and did like some lines in English, some lines in French, some lines in Chinese. Mm. So I definitely give them props for like sp- uh, sprinkling that in there because... That kind of adds to the atmosphere. It does. And like lets you really get into the story. I, um, I definitely wanted to bring that up while we were talking though, because it was one of yeah, the things totally. I was so impressed with. Totally. Sorry um, to completely derail what we were talking about. No, it's fine. Uh but yeah, Cynthia as a character, I don't know. She was I I liked her backstory. Oh, I remembered. She's also I fucking love... hot. I'm sorry, what? Isn't she like okay, I won't. I'm not gonna <laughs> Listen, Anyways, older I, women can be very attractive. Okay, that's great. Um, <laughs> I really love the moment. I actually, I think I like almost cried. The moment when Thomas gives her a drawing of a ring. Oh my God, that was so romantic. I died. <laughs> so cute. I mean, hey, if you can't afford a ring, draw the ring, I guess. Honey, honey, the drawing is worth more than any diamond. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually that was really cute, and I thought that was a very like if someone did that for me, I'd like this is really amazing. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right, honey? Honey, you want these? You want these panties to drop to the floor? Draw me a ring, honey. Draw me a ring. Uh, <laughs> and then the last um, major character was Laurent. Mm. Which, I guess we learned more about him in the last arc. Um, and I was really, like, I was waiting for it, too. Because, like, we got to the last case. And I'm like, are we ever going to find out why Laurent does what he does? And I'm like, it, like two or three episodes in, they're like, they're still not doing any kind of backstory. And then, boom, there it is. Yeah. Like, I again, I really liked the, the actual story mm. of his background with, like, Dorothy and everything. Um... But I still don't understand him as a character. Like, I still don't understand his motivations. I understand his motivations for wanting to con people because his mother was conned out of money because she was dyslexic. Yeah, but they didn't directly say that. They didn't say it, but, I mean, it was pretty obvious that's what happened. Well, what happened was that Dorothy invited him, and he's like, why not? It's like he you say, the, that's a lot of people's motivations in this show. Like, why yeah, not? Which I don't like. I don't like that it's just why not. <laughs> I was like, I wish you had a stronger. Or, like, yes, you could definitely take that that was the implied mm. motivation, but like, like, give me a scene where you're like contemplating about it and like tell it directly. I would like. True. So I. Uh, but I, I mean, would like them to be more explicit with their motivation. If nothing else, you can understand why Lauren would want to get revenge against people who are shady. 
I mean, sure. <laughs> I did think though that um that whole the whole story about him and Dorothy was actually really good. Yeah. Like he um, he he broke the one rule he wasn't supposed to, you know, he was supposed to always follow, don't fall in love with one of your fellow godmen. Was that a rule? I guess the rule was that we're all lone wolves. Yeah. And that's okay. like I'm sure that's that would kind of fall under not being a lone wolf, falling in love with one of your heist mates. That's true. Um, I really loved Dorothy. Just she was just so much fun. Is it I because wish... is it because she reminds you of Nicki Minaj or something? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> no. She's also like I like her because she's like a crazy lady mm. that's like She's like she's like a thrill seeker. Like Dorothy, I would ma- would it would make sense if she wanted to die because she's like throwing herself out there. Like let's go crazy, let's do some crazy things. She's let's an take adrenaline all the risks. Um, but yeah, I really liked her personality. It's unfortunate that she got so little. I really liked her design as well. Um, great design. Um, which I find interesting because like they clearly made, um some choices with the design that are uh very racially inspired mm. um which i don't know if i don't know if it's appropriate or not but i found it uh good because they made it look natural and they made it look like unique it looked good um a lot of other anime that make racially inspired character designs don't look good <laughs> They look like they're conforming to a stereotype, perhaps. Yeah, I, I wanted so. I wanted to bring that up too because, like, if you look at the cast of characters, it's very it's diverse. I hate using that word, but it's diverse without being pandering because, like, these characters' races are never mentioned once. I mean, people their nationalities are mentioned, but their races really aren't. Oh, you like. During the cons? Well, that, yes, that, but I mean, like, the fact that Dorothy is obviously supposed to be a black character, it's never mentioned. Same, I mean, like, and same with Abby, like, she's obviously supposed to be Middle Eastern, but it's never mentioned. Well, like, well, for Dorothy, she does say, like, even though I'm an immigrant, mm. I relate to you as a Milan, like, a Milanese. As a Milanese person, when she's talking to the Milanese yeah. uh, soccer team. Um, and, I mean, at, like, they chose Abby to play the part of the Middle Eastern princess because she is Middle Eastern. Yeah. And they do directly say she's from Baghdad. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they say ba- Baghdad. I don't know if she was born um, there, but she definitely lived yeah, there. Yeah. But, no, I definitely know what you're saying. Like, a lot of them... They're not like the race isn't their character. Yeah, like, they're just that's, normal. Yeah, that's they're, exactly like, they're what they're treated I mean. as normal people. The, the, the most part, their yeah. race is not a part of their personality, and it's not a part of their yes, character. They, it's just something yes. that is, and it's not panderous, mm-hmm. which is what I what I really appreciated about it. It's, like I could definitely see why some people might be uncomfortable with how they designed Dorothy, especially because you know, basically Dorothy is the only one whose design reflect or is inspired by their race because like there's like you said there's all these people with different races but all their designs look the same like they're all the same design except for dorothy so like the french guy doesn't have a bigger nose or something or bigger eyes so no but he has blonde hair and blue eyed 
I know, but like a lot of Japanese people are blonde hair and blue eyed in anime. Well, that's that's very true. <laughs> um, it's almost like Japanese people want to be something they're not. I I don't know about that. That's for another time. <laughs> Anyways, I found Dorothy uh, designed well. Oh, I did too. I love I loved good. her design, and I I, yeah, I, I also loved really her personality too. I love her personality. Um, so this show. <laughs> Uh, we're like 50 minutes in, but, you know, this show is indeed a crime show, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's 100% a crime slash heist show. Yeah, um, which is funny because, you know, usually I don't watch those kind of shows mm. in, like, Western media, but I really liked it in this anime medium, um, and I'm going to say it's because the main character was a twink. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly was what got you to watch it. I mean, I don't know what other different, like, okay, technically I I like sports anime, but I don't like sports in real life. So that's what know. boggles just, my just... mind. Like there's people that love sports anime that hate sports. Although I don't think you hate sports. I think you're indifferent to it. I hate sports. If you like sports, these panties going all the way back up. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm indifferent. I'm like, it's whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know necessarily why. I do like crime anime. Because you like but... 91 Days, and that certainly falls into the same genre. Yeah, but like, if that show was a, a live action version, I would not watch it. It's not my kind of show. I, don't know. I, I feel like if you watch something like The Sopranos, you might like it. Maybe. I don't, I'm not entirely. Probably not, though. There's no twinks in that, though. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, it's definitely, as a crime heist kind of show, it definitely does a job, its job really well, mm. because I find a lot of the, um, cons, like we've said before, are creative, you know, they definitely require wrinkly brain, and I, I love wrinkling my brain, <laughs> honey. I do, I, I love anime or just stories in general that make you think that and it don't spoon feed everything to you as an audience member like i fucking love that i mean it's one of the reasons that i love something like the monogatari series that's it's a show that's or a story rather that's not presented to you in a chronological order and it makes you figure out things for yourself kind of the same thing with this there are a lot of things that are presented out of order and you kind of have to put some of the stuff together yourself although that's not entirely the intention i feel that's more of a I feel that's more of a fault if they're like making you struggle to put things together because I think they were intending for you to be able to dif- differentiate between past and present as opposed to like Bacano where you're not supposed to. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, in in Great Pretender's case, I thought that like except for like what you said with the with Cynthia and uh Thomas like it was a little difficult because she did look very, very similar when she was younger to when she was older. Um, mm-hmm. um, and it did take probably about half of the episode where that story, that, that flashback starts for me to realize, Oh, this takes place in the past. This isn't actually happening right now. Yeah. Um, I would say that's the only one where I really had a difficult time realizing that it was in the past. Um, I would say the other stuff makes it kind of obvious, at least after the first minute or two after the flashback starts, that it takes place in the past. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't know, so why couldn't they have just made Cynthia's hair different? I mean, come on! Because, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, speaking of the actual heists, we can talk about... Which one was your favorite? The actual heists. Um, that is a good question. Maybe... I mean, the last one where they did the whole, like, company takeover between the Japanese and the Chinese uh, child trafficking companies were definitely was definitely the most flashiest one. Yeah, and it was certainly um, the... It was certainly a... Um, it was certainly a long con. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess my favorite one might be the Ibrahim Brothers, because I really like that they put the uh, color-changing film on the glass. That was really cool. That was very clever. <laughs> yeah, I love how they, like, made... They showed in the anime the tv screen of uh i believe clark winning Mm -hmm. and then after a bit they cut to the uh underground casino where the same tv screen was showing abby winning yes the fireworks were purple and i'm like that's pretty cool that's where i'm just looking back like yes you did it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's pretty cool um, I also love yeah. that. I love that one because like it showed off the city of Singapore and it's a place I've always wanted to go and they make the city look awesome. Yeah, I was very curious. Like there were these CG like I don't know I like I don't know how you describe it, like upside down vase constructions mm. where the airplanes would weave between. Like is that a real place yes, or something? It is. Okay. It's a public park really in Singapore. Cool. Oh, okay, that looks I forget really what it's cool. called off the top of my head, but I have seen pictures of it. And that 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 hotel that they are in that has like the giant surfboard looking thing on top, that is also real. Oh, that's pretty cool then. Um, but yeah, all of the cons had like a little twist to it that I really liked. Um like the first con, the Sakura Magic con, the twist was that the FBI were in on the con. Mm. That was pretty cool as well. The fake FBI. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. And I mean the the con with Coleman was not as like twisty. Mm. That was the, the one that was the most w- straightforward in my opinion. Yeah. I mean the only thing the only quote unquote twist was that they made Coleman bet on the or bid on the auction instead of Farah. Mm. Which is like, okay, I guess. Um, I mean, the best, the biggest part about the whole Coleman uh, arc was really the backstory with Cynthia, which was really, uh, really entertaining to watch. So I did still like that arc. Um, I did have some problems with the last arc, though. (laughs) Okay, so a lot of the other arcs, there was like the main plan, and then the plan goes wrong, and then... Or allegedly goes wrong. And then there's like uh, a complication that was planned and then it gets more complicated. But in the end, they get more money out of it. Um, But in this last arc, the complication was that Eddie Cassano came in after the police raid. And then because of the Eddie Cassano thing, they didn't necessarily get more money. (laughs) 
It was like if they had just stuck to the police raid mm. and if they did not transport them to an island, they would have got the same amount of money. So I don't know. I don't know why. Okay, I do know why. Why? Because they don't. There was like a personal grudge against them, so they want to drop them off on an island. But it seems so extra. They couldn't have just arrested them or something, sent them to the police box. Yeah, I mean, or tip tip them off to the police because they they at this point they have a lot of evidence on these people. Yeah, so that's the only real. Okay, that's not the only thing. That's one of the major, <laughs> uh, real problems i had because they were just, basically they only did it for like to make the con seem really epic but it wasn't really necessary to get the money i get what you're saying like all- even even without this little bit of extra at the end like the con itself still would have been fucking amazing yeah um i mean okay to be fair when they took the the elevator down and they ended up on the beach, I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" I was like, I the same thing. Like the first time I watched, like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Were they so fucking really like cool. transported like... mid sentence somewhere? <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What is going on?" So that that uh, emotional uh, twist was fun, but in hindsight, you know, doesn't really make sense why they went so out of their way for no reason. Where like they've gone out of their way before. But they always got more money for it. But they didn't do. They yeah. didn't get more money for this one. Yeah, they pretty and much. The, uh, and they, yeah. they even say that they pretty much broke even on the heist. Yeah. Which I yeah I just I have a problem with that. Um, another problem I have is that Cassano, Coleman, and <laughs> Sam were like in on it. Like, what is going on? That's so stupid. <laughs> that did seem way too heard. convenient, didn't it? It's not convenient. It's just like the whole thing is that you're supposed to be punishing these people, but they seem to be doing fine. So like, wh- well, wh- what and is- then and then these same people that you've screwed over have come back to help you. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. And like, your the whole theme is that like you're doing a good thing by taking down bad people. Like, you know, Cassano is, like, killing people by getting them addicted to drugs. And you're just like, oh, oh, yeah, we're just going to work together, you know, buddy, buddy, Cassano. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, what? that that was probably the only thing where I thought the writing was not as good as it could have been. It's like this. Number one, it seems convenient. And number two, it's like the whole point was to make these people suffer for making other people suffer. But yet you're bringing them back as if nothing ever really happened. It's almost yeah, like a, it's know, almost like a pseudo reset switch. I know why they did it. It's because they wanted like a uh, a finale that brought together all the different cons like back. I, I guess so that it all I feel like there there probably circle. could have been a better and more um a more, more logical way, way to, to do, do it. That. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. There was another problem I had. <laughs> but I don't quite remember. Um, but yeah. So that was basically the whole... Oh! So I did like that in the last arc, they did, um, you know, pull together the reason why, you know, Makoto or Edamame is 
being you know pulled into it by lauren you know they establish that motivation mm. they went more into edamame's like uh past with his dad and the whole thing kind of makes sense the whole thing comes full circle with you know how they meet how they how his dad met lauren and how everybody meets everyone it's like it all comes together yes so that is really good that really was done that. that was done exceptionally well i also like in the final episode where you actually see uh edamura's father go to the his uh his mother's grave and he's basically like explaining everything to it. it's like i'm so sorry i put you through this and it's like you know I'll, I'll keep an eye out on him. Yeah. But as much as I did like how they brought everything together, I just... <laughs> the, when the, like, so the dad gets in trouble with the mafia, uh, the Chinese mafia. So to escape the Chinese mafia, he fakes a crime and gets arrested for it? Okay, that was like a little much. That was... <laughs> <laughs> that that could have used a bit more you know explaining but like that was just like thrown out in a one line it's like by the way i faked a crime and got arrested for it to escape the mafia i'm like okay that's just a lot happening that is not quite explained fully but okay uh so i had a problem with that but I, overall oh, i also like how it shows at the end that his father lied to uh edamura because there's a, there's a conversation they have where he talks about that he was at the hospital and he wanted to go in and see his mom. And mm-hmm. uh, he just couldn't work up the courage to. And then you see in a flashback at the very end, he was fucking lying because he waited till Makoto left and then went in and saw her anyway. Yeah. I was a bit confused about that. But you that make it makes sense that he lied to Edamura and went in and talked to the mom. I feel like um, that I was mean, probably it- implied to mean that he went in and told her everything that was happening. Yeah, and he also says at the grave that um, he's sorry that he told the mom to to not tell Edamura the truth. Yes. So the mom definitely knew. So that's nice to know. Um, <laughs> like, again, full circle. It all came full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So What did you think of the open ending? Because I know that's something else you said. It was a little iffy on you. Open ending. So, I mean... There is a lot of stuff is wrapped up, right? And... These yeah. characters kind of go their separate ways and you kind of see vignettes of them doing their own thing where they're at um, once the story is over with. Like, I think the those take place, like I think it says, it says a few weeks later. Um, mm-hmm. And you see, um, you just see them all off doing their own thing and not really swindling people. Um, and so it kind of leaves it open to where if you know they wanted to come back and do something in you know at a later time they could i'm not saying this show needs a second season i'm just saying they could i definitely would not be opposed to a second season because i definitely want to I, again i had a lot of problems and most of them was that they did not like properly explain or characterize the characters so i want to give the show another chance to mm. you know go deeper um, I would definitely welcome a second season, and the open ending was is fine. Um, but the problem, the now that you brought that up, I have another problem. Is it the after credit sequence? Like... What is it the after credit sequence where it's implied that yes, Dorothy is still I did alive? Not like, I did not like that at all. <laughs> I did not like that they uh, made Dorothy become alive because 
just makes no sense. Okay, it makes no sense that unless they explain that that was a fake gun, that she got a gunshot and she survived that, no sense. Also, it does not make any sense that she found the ring of like the millions of fish in the sea. <laughs> it goes to her. Okay. So I, I have a theory about that. Magnetic? She, no, she's actually not alive. It's oh the God, afterlife. What, what is happening? What? I th- I just I think it's supposed to be implied that it's the afterlife. Oh, well that's fine then, I guess. How the ring ends up there, I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like to think of it as like it's just her in the afterlife. She doesn't really have any memories of her past life. I guess so. But I feel like that's not true. If there's a second season, she's going to come back. Maybe. And hey, maybe there'll be a good explanation for it if there's a second season. I don't know. Also, just like flashback to me saying I love Dorothy and then flash forward to me saying I wish she was dead. (laughs) (laughs) I love her so much. I just wish they'd have done more with her. I wish she was dead. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, It just doesn't make sense why she's alive. So... And I mean, cheap. even if she is alive, like, why'd she lose her memory? Well, because she had a lot of, like, physical trauma, I, allegedly, from I, surviving. I guess. I guess say, this this would be good questions to ask if there's a second season announced. Oh, they're going to have a lot of splaining to do. <laughs> I think... So, what did you think? So, my... my Overall. If I had to wrap this up... Pretender. So... Oh, sorry. Of Great Pretender. Uh, not the Great Pretender, just Great Pretender. Um, it's just any old great pretender i kind of said this at the beginning but i'll say it again like despite the flaws and there i mean it's not perfect for sure this show was probably the most fun i had binging an anime in quite a long time it it kind of made me remember back to the times when i used to go way late into the night because i got hooked on something um just had to keep watching the next episode um just to see what would happen and as much again as some of the characters had i had issues with them just like you did um they were all memorable to me in some way or another um and i would like to see some more from some of these characters if we can in the future uh overall i'd say if i had to give this uh anime a numerical score i'd say it's a pretty solid 9 out of 10 for me mhm yeah, I've mentioned I do have a number of problems with it, but I think that as a crime slash heist slash con, whatever this is, genre of anime, uh, it does 100% stand out. You don't get a lot of anime, first of all, in this genre, second of all, that have such a consistent, for the most part, and well thought out plot And I did really enjoy following along with all the different twists and turns and how they, you know, end up conning these people out of hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, It it was extremely fun watching all that happen. You know, I love, you know, massaging my brain, you know, trying to get it a little wrinklier, (laughs) trying to, you know, use my three brain cells that have been really strained uh, because there's only three of them, but we have to work them out. You have to exercise your brain. Uh, I definitely like uh, shows that make you use your brain. And this was one of them. Um, and I also really loved how well they did the backstories for the characters, even though I'm a bit 
iffy on their specific motivations. Um, but just because I feel like it's a super standout anime in the very specific things that it does, I'm definitely going to give it a 9. Uh, it's 100% not a 10 because I had too many problems with it. Um, but these aren't necessarily, well, for the most part, they're not necessarily problems that cannot be fixed in the, with the second season if they go more into the characters yeah. and, you know, convince me more. Or maybe not uh, even a whole season, maybe just some OVAs that deal with specific yeah, characters. Or, or a film or something. Yeah. Um, but, like, not from a critical view, from just, like, pure enjoyment. I had a, a ton of fun watching this. I couldn't put it down. It was very addictive. Um, and, yeah, it was, like, a really good time. So I definitely... Uh, I'm really glad that I watched this. Cause Would you say it's a, a contender for anime of the year, 2020? Oh, for sure. But Me too. A lot of that is because 2020 is sparse as fuck, girl. That's true. That is very true. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with her award show this year. <laughs> oh, God, girl. <laughs> So, yeah, um, thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us. Check the description below to find links to Anime Club After Dark on Twitch, social media, and Discord. Check out our merch store and our affiliate links as well. Any purchases there will really help us out. And with that, I've been your host, Show, and we will see you next time. Say goodnight, Alex. Hey, Show, where's your wallet? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucking bitch. <laughs>